Welcome to Leadership Unveiled. I'm your host, Kayla Fahey-Arndt. This show pulls back the curtain on what leadership looks and feels like through discussing a wide variety of topics, from mindset, strategy, to all the tools you need to define what success looks like for you. Thank you for being here. Now, let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast, Leadership Unveiled. What do you think of the new name? <laughs> I love it. I'm excited. I hope you love it too. I'm going to give you some background on why I changed the name of the podcast. Um, before we dive into our topic today, um, the topic is going to be all about leaders and the double-edged sword of having emotional intelligence sort of versus being real and vulnerable. And how do we think about the two? How do leaders think about the two things? So I'm excited to decode that for you. But first, yeah, let's talk about the new name. So Leadership Unveiled. I wanted to make the podcast name a little bit more searchable when it comes to leadership topics. So that's one just logical reason why I wanted the word leadership in the name. But I've been thinking about this concept for a long time and the word unveiled or like opening the curtain has really come to my mind over and over and over again. And I think it's because, well, a a few different reasons, but one big reason is I think when you're not in a leadership position, like a formal one with a title, I suppose, which obviously I believe that you can be a leader without one. So don't get me wrong there. But if you don't have a formal leadership role, I think sometimes it can feel like it's a mystery as to what leaders are doing, the leaders who do have those titles, especially if it's your boss or your boss's boss. It's like, hmm, I wonder what they're doing. <laughs> and and that wondering leads to this weird distrust. And then all of a sudden it's like, ooh, I I feel like that's suspicious. And maybe they're not doing what I think they should be doing. I don't trust them. And as a leader myself, oh, that really makes me sad because it's like I know that most leaders are doing a ton of different things and they have good, kind hearts and they're doing it for the right reasons. So I want to kind of pull back the curtain to show you all what that looks like if you're not in a leadership position. I also have another reason for this is because that second reason is because when I started in my leadership role, I didn't really know what I was supposed to be doing. (laughs) I thought I might know, but I didn't know for sure. And I wanted to figure out a way that felt good to me. And so I've been kind of working on, well, what does that look like? And more importantly, every single day, what does it feel like to be doing things that feel good to me, that are aligned with my values when it comes to leadership? And so, you know, I started talking to mentors and other people like, what are you doing about this? What's what's your approach? How would you think about this? And I felt like, wow, these are so helpful, such helpful things that sort of feel like if you don't ask, you won't know right? Like it's a big black hole in a magic box. And it's like, hmm, there's a big mystery in there. I wonder what it is. So for leaders who are just starting out in their careers or for leaders who um, maybe want to connect with more people uh, and hear other perspectives, this is the podcast for you. Because I feel like what I can do is take topics and unveil them and show them off and put them in, you know, right in front of us so we can talk about the topics. So if you have suggestions for other topics you want me to unveil, please send me an email. It's Kayla at KFAConsulting.org. And I'll put my email linked in the show notes for you so you can check it out. 
I so hope that this is going to be, I know this is going to be the next phase for us in this podcast journey together since 2018. This is a new phase, but it's a phase that's just like basically leaping and propelling off what's already been built. This is the 112th episode. And I think that's really cool that the podcast is 100 episodes young. (laughs) We have so many more to go and we're just getting started. So I'm excited to unveil and like pull the curtain back from leadership a little bit so that it's more accessible for all folks that we can start to empathize and be compassionate with leaders and understand what they're facing, but also prepare ourselves to be better leaders and know that there are so many lives that we impact with our leadership that what we do really matters. And we want to get better every day and be better humans, be better leaders, and stay excited about the work that we do. So I'm here to energize you and motivate you so you can go to the next level. Okay, so welcome to Leadership Unveiled, and I'm so glad you're here with me. Let's get on to today's topic, which is sort of the two, I don't want to say opposing ideas because they're actually not opposing, but they're two very interesting concepts that sometimes seem to be clashing. And it came up in a conversation with a couple leaders uh, for me in recent weeks, and I thought this would be such a good topic to just sort of, you know, air out the dirty laundry on because I think it's something we all face, but we're not sure how to talk about it. So as leaders, if you would read any business book four, five, six years ago, even beyond that, they were, you know, emotional intelligence was like a buzzword. <laughs> it, it was like a hot topic. And my take of emotional intelligence was sort of being able to be very self-aware and understand how your emotions appear on your face, on your body language, and how that can affect other people and other people's emotions. Essentially, the impact that you have on with your emotional self toward others and around others. And having that self-awareness of it. So I remember when I started out in my leadership journey, I thought, okay, I have an office in front of the department that I manage. When I come out of my office, that means that if I just got out of a really bad meeting, I don't want to come out of my office looking super pissed, right? Like, I'm not going to walk out of my office and be, like, cursing or visibly shaken or really, really upset and just start like gabbing about it to everybody. That would not be emotionally intelligent. And that would really be lacking self-awareness because again, my emotions can really influence somebody else's day. It's kind of like the idea of the cashier. I don't know if I've told this story before on the podcast, but growing up, I had many different jobs, (laughs) but one of my jobs was working at a grocery store, which I absolutely loved. I was a cashier for a small local grocery store, and I also worked in the produce department um, stocking the produce. Super random. I don't really know how I got that job, (laughs) the produce part, but (laughs) I really loved it. Anyways, I remember as a cashier, I would interface with so many different folks every single day, and a lot of them would come to me like, oh, how are you? You know, ask me questions. It was a great day. And other people would be seeming like they're really frustrated or it was a bad day or they would totally ignore me. They wouldn't interface with me at all, even though I was taking care of their business for them. 
And I remember thinking, you know what? I'm not going to judge anyone because I have no idea what happened to them while they were in the store and before they were in the store or what they're planning to go to after they're in the store. I don't know. Maybe someone just got fired from their job. Maybe a, a friend or someone close to them passed away. Uh, you know, just there's a million different hard stories that I can make up about all of these people. And so I thought, like, I have to put on that face to respect that with no judgment, but also, like, I have to be responsible for making sure people feel like I'm brightening their day. And as an employee of this store, responsible for customer experience, I, <laughs> yeah, I agree. That's partly, partly my job. And thinking back, I think there's a more nuanced approach to this, which is being vulnerable and real while having emotional intelligence, while being self-aware. So I think for leaders, the tough part is sometimes it doesn't feel like there is that in-between. Sometimes it feels like it's all or nothing. So we kind of run into these issues where we either put on a face and it feels fake to everybody else or to us, or maybe we're falling apart. So I'm going to share some ideas for how you can have both emotional intelligence, self-awareness, and be real and vulnerable. I'm not saying it's going to be super easy. I am saying you will make mistakes. And I think it's a good thing to be able to try on each level and see how it feels. Does it feel authentic to you? And I'm going to share how it is okay to feel differently than other people. It doesn't mean, this doesn't mean that you have to match and be at the level of other people. Although that is something you do want to do as a leader is be aware of where other people are at. It doesn't mean you have to be at that same level. So let me clarify this for you. So the first thing I want to share is when we try to hide how we're feeling, I don't think, I think most people are not good at that. I think that we can see it all over your face that you're not being genuine. At least you might get away with it for a while, but in the long run, it probably doesn't hold up. So what tends to happen and what I've heard and seen happen is that people start talking about, oh, yeah, that person, you know, well, they seem like they're trying to be okay, but they're, they're really not okay. And then all this gossip starts, and it's really not good for the team, and it's not good for you too because if you catch wind of that, then you feel like you're a fraud when really you're just trying to do the best that you can do to get by. When we think of the belonging efforts in the workplace and in our life, I think part of feeling like you can belong is that you feel like you're not alone and that your direct leader understands and empathizes with you and they know how you feel and they know the challenges of your work. Think of it this way. If you're someone's direct leader and you're always in that toxic positivity place, they're going to think, okay, they are so out of touch. <laughs> My leader has no idea what I'm going through. When in fact, that might not actually be true. You might be super aware of it, which is why you're trying to be so positive to pump people up. So I think we can all see through that and we know that that's not the right approach. It's a little bit more nuanced. I think the first thing that you can do when you're having conversations 
Well, the first thing you can do is have deep conversations with your people, which means you have to have trusting relationships. And that's a whole other thing. But I think the first step that you can do with them is to talk with people one-on-one, have meaningful connections with folks and say, hey, you might have seen me feeling like this. Or, hey, I've been trying to be positive to carry the team and hold up the team, but I do want to be real with you. I want you to know that I know that this is really tough. So the first piece is acknowledging where where you're at and where the person is at. You can say, I can see and feel that this is a really hard spot. You can insert whatever situation you want. And you can say, because I'm a leader, it is my job to figure out what we can do better, how we can improve, how I can do better, how I can improve, how I can help you, how I can guide you, how I can help us as a team move forward. So while it may seem that I'm trying to be positive in a not so positive situation, what I'm really trying to do is help us keep going and move forward. I think leaders get a bad rap sometimes for just being like toxically positive or like the moment we have a problem, our first gut reaction is like, oh, maybe I can solve that. (laughs) And that's, I think for me, I've definitely fallen to that camp sometimes. And I see others as well where that is just how we've been programmed after the years because leaders get so much information coming in that into them all the time. So if you have a problem as a staff member, chances are everyone else in the department has something that might be bugging them a little bit or some cool project they want to try. Maybe it's a good thing that they're, that's on their mind. If you have one leader or two leaders of that department and everyone's bringing them information, that means we're getting information overloaded. If you know, people are saying, well, I told you about this before, but you haven't taken care of it. Well, a lot of people have told us a lot of things. (laughs) So sometimes if it's not a pattern or I haven't heard it more than once, like it might not have gotten on the priority list. And I know that's hard for people to hear. And I know as a leaders, we are hurting too. We see there's a lot of things to take care of. We want to do all the things, but it's not possible because we're all humans. So what is possible? It's possible to work towards solutions for things we can control and to work through the list strategically and help do things that are going to have sort of this rolling effect. So take care of things that are going to have the biggest impact with the least amount of effort. And that builds on itself and that builds on itself and that builds on itself. So I think the default mind of a leader sometimes is like problem solving and asking tough questions and figuring out how we can move forward. So I want to share as a leader, I think what we can do as leaders is say, okay, let me pause before I go to like the visionary state or the problem solving mode and just be real and level with people and say, this is the lowest part. I've, this is the lowest I've ever seen us. This is the, the toughest season we've ever been in or whatever you need to say to be to relate with folks and then talk through that. Feel it. Let yourself be in that. And then when it's appropriate, head towards problem solving and and solution-based mindset and asking toggle up questions to say, what could it look like? How could it be? How could we do things better? I want to tell you guys a story about my ectopic pregnancies. So if you've been listening a while, you might know this. If you don't know it, um, it's a good story for me to share because it is a vulnerable story that I have. So in 2020, in, I can't remember all the dates now, July or August, I discovered I had an ectopic pregnancy. 
which means that I had a pregnancy growing in my right fallopian tube. And I just felt like something wasn't right with the pregnancy. I, I knew it. Like, I could feel it in my gut. And I remember calling to schedule appointments and really pressing the scheduler and saying, like, no, something's not right. I need to go in now. Like, please schedule me. And after being told no, I kept calling and saying, like, no, please schedule me. I need to go in tomorrow. So finally got my ultrasound and they're like, wow, you're seven weeks and four days pregnant. You're almost eight weeks. Like, I don't know how your fallopian tube hasn't burst. You could die and bleed out from this. I'm like, yes, I know. I work in healthcare. Like, please help me. (laughs) Help me. (laughs) And I had to advocate for myself. I think that was the most scary thing is something bad could have happened and I knew something was wrong and I didn't feel like people were hearing me. So as traumatic as that was, I ended up getting methotrexate, which is, you know, a chemo drug, which basically intercalates into the DNA and stops cells from reproducing. So it stops the pregnancy. And um, it was super traumatic for me because it was something planned and something I really wanted. I was really, we were trying to have a baby and I was super excited. I found out I was pregnant on my birthday. It was August 3rd. We were at the cabin and something just didn't feel right soon after that. And So I remember going to the infusion center. I had taken a shower before, so I showed up with my hair wet. I was just like barely, you know, holding it together. And I had to get some, a couple shots of this drug and uh, a shot of the drug and Rogam because I'm RH negative. So I remember sitting in the chair feeling super lonely. Like this is, I never wanted this to happen. I didn't want to terminate or end something that I wanted so badly. And... It was really upsetting and I had to wait a long time because it takes an hour to prepare the drug because they don't, they don't want to waste it. So they prepare once you arrive in the infusion center. So that happened. And this is during COVID. So I feel like my normal support systems don't exist. It was tough. And then in 2021, around that same time, we tried to have a baby again, waiting very long after that first ectopic to make it happen. And I got pregnant again and I went in for my six week ultrasound a little bit earlier this time. And they're like, oh my gosh, Kayla, you have another ectopic, but this time it's on the other side. It's on the left side. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me because I thought, okay, at least if it was on the right side, I'd know there was something wrong with that side. It didn't make sense to me that I had another one on the other side. So again, I had to get methotrexate. This time I had to I didn't have an open infusion center near my house. So I had to drive half an hour in the evening. And I remember being there till 10, 11 o'clock at night, still COVID times, <laughs> texting my best friends and feeling not as alone, not as hurt, but very confused and just sort of like numb, a little bit more numb this time. And so much good has come out of it. You probably know I have a son. He's almost seven months. He'll be seven months by the, by the time this podcast um, comes out. But I had to do an IVF cycle to have him. So science helped me in a lot of ways. Um, and we have this wonderful baby and it's super amazing and he's great. But I remember because I am just trained to think what's next, you know, how can we make this better? I remember after we got pregnant with Theo and had the IVF and it was successful, my husband said, okay, the last year, the last two years were the worst years of our lives. 
And I paused and I said, what? No. <laughs> what are you talking about? He's like, well, all the ectopic stuff, it was horrible. It was terrible. Like it was, it was like months of recovery. Like I was really scared. You could have died. And I remember thinking like, I hadn't even paused to think about that. It could have been that maybe it was the worst years of my life so far. I don't know. I guess a lot of good things happened the last two years too. And he's like, yeah, that's just how you are. You're just wired. You're always going to like the future and, and, and what you could do to fix it. And that's why we have Theo. You figure that out in like three months. Like who does that? And it was a really good reminder to me that, whoa, like I need to sit in this for a while and feel really uncomfortable. I need to sit in process what happened for me the last two years and come to terms with that was really freaking hard. And that was like one of the worst seasons of my life. And there was so much good. But letting myself feel feel that so then I can relate. I can relate to so many women who've gone through similar experiences as me. And now I can relate to people that have had, you know, terrible health diagnoses. And I still feel so lucky, so fortunate. Like my situation wasn't as bad as others. So all this to say is that a lot of times we've been conditioned over the years, just humans in general, not to sit and feel that uncomfortableness, that ickiness. And I that, think that translates into leadership too. If you're a leader, chances are you have a little bit of that spirit, that spunk that says, all right, let's, let's fix this team. Like, let's go, let's do it. You know, I'm raising my hand, I'm volunteering. Like I can see where we're going. And we need to bring back into the mix or add into the mix for the first time, compassion, empathy, and stepping into other people's shoes and in stay in your own shoes and think, okay, yeah, I'm going to acknowledge this is really tough. I'm not falling apart. This might be the hardest season of my life, but I'm going to keep going. But I'm going to show you that I'm maybe not okay right now. I'm going to show you that like I'm struggling a lot too and I'm doing things to make sure I can keep moving forward and moving on which is finding my purpose meditating eating healthy working out trying to sleep with a new baby <laughs> right reading books like all of the things talking to people you know spending time with friends putting down the phone right being out in nature all of those things what can we do what is possible and I think that is what people tend to love and gravitate towards when it comes to good leaders, people other people will follow because there's a lot of folks who will just sit and stay in that uncomfortableness because that's easier than changing and getting better. Well, people are motivated by other people who say, you know what, this, this stinks. I get it. Follow me. Let me walk next to you, actually. Let me be right next to you. Let's get forward, move forward together. We can do this. You are not alone. So I hope this first episode of Leadership Unveiled is helpful for you to really think about the, how emotional intelligence and self-awareness can really be married with being vulnerable and real. Paired with your superpower of being the visionary, the leader, the what could be, how could we make this better? Oh man, you're going to go so far. You will go so, so, so far in life with that. Opening up to people, taking off your fake face, just being you, 
being feeling like it's safe to be your authentic self. If you can create workplace cultures like that, you will go so, so far, my friend. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Again, if you have more topics for the Leadership Unveiled, you know, topics so I can really pull the curtain back to leadership, send me an email at Kayla at kfaconsulting.org. And I would love it, love it if you would leave me a rating or review on iTunes or Spotify. Um, Let me know what you love about the episode. When you leave ratings and reviews, when they're good ratings and reviews, they help this podcast gets seen by other people who don't already listen. So you're going to help me expand my network so we can really, really be part of something bigger and grow the impact to help other leaders and help other people who want to understand leadership and be future leaders. All right, everyone, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, go out there and be a light.